part of it is a dare, how heavy can you get? And the other part is a secondary dare, which is like, how deep can you get on the other side? So we have two sides of this album, and one is fast and furious, and the other one is deeper and mystical and heavy. So is it safe to say that the story for the movie came before the music for Death Album 4? Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The story for the the story for the movie came first, you know. So I had this story, and I knew I knew these important parts. I just didn't know where. Basically, I had all the right information. I just didn't know what the order of it was going to be. And then the story room kind of uh, helped me with that. And then I go off and I write the movie, and that's what I did. I took the, I took the script to Italy in the breaks between pandemics, and I wrote the script there. Meanwhile, you know, while that, all that stuff is happening, I'm demoing songs. So I have like 30 or 40 songs and I'm like, or riffs or ideas or bits and pieces of songs that I am demoing for the, for the Death Album 4. And that's a separate thing because that's almost like some of that music is just, some of it's related to the movie. Some of it is just new Death Clock music, which makes it more difficult because I have to, it's almost like an anthology. It's like a brand new story that lives and dies on its own. I, I think of Death Album 4 as an anthology, a lot of little different stories. Each one of them is saying something. Some of them are related, some of them aren't. Yeah, it sounds very, it sounds, it does, that sounds very different. It's like, okay, it's like, like, are you here? Like the first three, I guess maybe just called it a time difference. It's like, yeah, like, I don't say like, again, the maturity word. It's like, oh, like, this is like, this is the next evolutionary step for a Death yeah. Clock album. And that's kind of where it felt sonically. Yeah. I think that's I think that's 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 fair to say, and that was that was something that was whether or not again there 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 are moments in this project where I go I can't stop whatever is happening from happening. The Death Album Four is becoming the Death Album Four. It's just whatever has happened to me and whatever the the project is in between. It's going to mutate. Like I said, it's the same DNA, but it's mutating. Pickles is still Pickles, and Squitzgar <laughs> still Squitzgar. And Nathan's still Nathan, but this is, again, the idea of this record is part of it is a dare. How heavy can you get? And the other part is a secondary dare, which is like, how deep can you get on the other side? So we have two sides of this album. And one is fast and furious, and the other one is deeper and mystical and heavy. So how much heavier can you get? And how much can you dare the audience to, to go on this heavy journey with you? So that's Death Album 4 to me. And like I said, it's, it's the final mutation of Death Clock. Which is, uh, and I've been listening to lots of different stuff, and it, and uh, but still, I come back to kind of what what is, how did I start this out, and production-wise, what's my ideology? What do I want this to sound like? What's going on out there that I like? What do I love about heavy music? About super heavy music from Cannibal Corpse to Meshuggah? What do I love about prog music? What do I love about trashy punk that's really super fast and articulated? Um, what do I love about like? how can I build a chorus inside of each one of these songs too? That is like a hooky chorus, even though it's really, really heavy from like bloodbath to uh, horse of fire to even like gardener of vengeance, the opening track where how can I make a chorus that just steps out and makes itself known outside of the song and also works inside of the song. So all those things are to me, that's, that's the, that's just the writing process. And then production wise, I was like, this should sound somewhere between, a modern Meshuggah Cannibal Corpse album, and then production that I love. Like I get into nerdy production. I love like Def Leppard's Hysteria, and so I think this is Cannibal Corpse meets Hysteria, and um, in production. And I added, you know, some different keyboard sounds in the band, but I keep it pretty much bass, guitar, drums, and aiming growly voice. And occasional pickles pop up in there. 
bit. Yeah. Yeah. So on this new record, is it the same lineup? Because I know, like, when you guys did those uh, that um, Adult Swim concert the other year, yeah, like you had a couple of fill-in people because you know Homeboy was busy, right, 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 with uh, you know the aristocrats. And you had like a secondary, you had another guitar player up there. Like, is it this? Is it yeah. just a basic crew that's on this new record? Because I don't, ha- I didn't get the liner notes for this guy. Oh no, it's. I mean, it's it's how I do every record, which is it's mostly. I mean, it's me on everything except for drums. Oh okay. That's how this record is. So I play all the guitar, all the bass, all the keyboards, all the harmonies, all the everything, and that's usually. And that's the reason I do that is because first of all. The way that I work, the way that I build music is is that I never have the full thing figured out all the way. I mean, when I would do the TV show, I would have these bits and pieces of songs, and then I can kind of like elongate them. But that didn't make it easier. And it's nice to have stuff that you know is kind of working and landing with an audience already before you build it for a, a record. In this case, none of this music exists really except for in this project. So, or... That's it, yeah. So I didn't like have like a whole season's worth of stuff that I was going to pick and choose from, and I didn't want to, because I wanted to build new stuff, and I wanted it to be like part of the same kind of mindset. I didn't want to start going into a different mindset. I wanted to go like in this project's mindset. So, um, so yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm usually sitting by myself and going like, okay, what is this? What attracts me to this? And and is this interesting enough for me to to cross the finish line with? Or is that interesting enough for Death Clock to cross the finish line with? Because I stop kind of being me and I start kind of being them at some point and they tell me what they want and I kind of try not to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's how it is. So, it's, so I go, I write all these demos, I program a bunch of drums, I play them for you know, Gene Hoagland and he has thoughts and ideas and I go, usually, you know, these are suggestions, I'm just trying to... Uh, I'm just trying to... Uh, Support the riff, support the, the energy of the song. And if you've got a better take, then let me hear it, please. If you can beat this with something cooler, with a drum fill, anything, please do. Get creative. I would love it. And that's what I ask, you know, with every part of the project, from like, here's my story. Tell me what works. Tell me what doesn't, you know. And then here's like, you know, whatever. If I have a description in the script where I'm describing something, I say, beat this with something cooler, storyboard artist. Let's talk. You know, I have to bring... I have to start the conversation and ask to be collaborated with. I'm begging to be collaborated with. So, and then, and then I sit there with Ulrich Wild, who is the mixer, master, you know, engineer um, and co-producer. Extraordinaire. Yeah. And he's, you know, and we have a really kind of like super easygoing relationship. And usually I'm just like, I'm trying to find something that I haven't done that also feels like it's got the DNA of the original thing. And I want to move the ball forward in some way. And each record, I think, does from Death Album 1 to Death Album 2 to Death Album 3 to the Doomstar Requiem, which is a completely different piece. And it's not even a Death Clock record. It's a Metalocalypse record. And this and this final uh, Death Album 4, I just wanted to have, basically the feeling is that this is the Viking funeral, this whole thing. And the last song is really the Viking funeral of the entire record. Yes, it is. I will say that Mermaider three, <laughs> Mermaid yeah. Mermaid. That I was like, oh, it, it it feels like, yeah, it does it it does have it has the continuing themes of the other previous two, and it's nice. Yeah. And it's like I like this whole record. To, it it didn't give you what you wanted, like per se. Like, this is what you need. 
Like you're expecting, like, yeah, we're coming into this record expecting one thing. You're not getting it a hundred percent the way that you think you're going to get a death clock record, but it's like, yeah. Oh wait, this is, I felt it was a very fitting ending track. I thought the whole record was, yeah, the sequencing was great. You know, your harmonies, there's a bunch of harmonies on here. I was like, we could, we could do a quick breakdown of the album in a moment, but I got to say like, it it did it did also feel like the movie in a way because yeah we had Aortic is very much at the top and Mermaider is at the end and SOS you know yeah. Song of Salvation is at the S is at the end so it's got a nice like arcing wave th- thematically on its own like if you didn't see the movie you listen to the record you get a nice sonic wave that doesn't bore you <laughs> it's like it's a, it's so hard to get record you've you've heard so many records that were like okay oh, cool I'm gonna skip these next three tracks because they're just drowning on and like it didn't drown on. It's like, oh, okay. It kept the, it kept you, your ears interested. Well, this is a, this is a record that like had, um, again, it's part of it is a dare. How, how much heavier can death clock get? And, um, and the, also it's almost like these guys, have, the record starts like they've broken out of a cryogenic freezing state and they're coming out with vengeance. You know, and they're coming out to like really ensnare you with speed and uh, and and crazy kind of like uh, fury on the first half. So there's like uh, the explosion, like from the first song, Gardener of Vengeance, which is just fast and furious to <laughs> to one of the heaviest things I think Death Clock has done, which I think is like poisoned by food um, to like. Uh, mutilation on a saturday night which is i think just about like it's almost like about the pandemic being over and let's go let's go rage and party and let's let's what if death clock came to your house and wouldn't leave and sucked up everything in your life that's kind of that song too so even though this stuff seems like it's very brutal and straight there are jokes inside of these things to bloodbath which is more of like power metal kind of like uh big and grandiose to like uh you know, to, to all that stuff. So there's there's like crazy different ideas inside of this that that are still to me the DNA of Death Clock, but also it's just a little bit more brutal. And the production is different too. Yeah, like, like I said, I have a great, I have a good sound system, so maybe I'm a little spoiled. But yeah, it it's nice. It's a very well. It's mixed. For, it's a great mix, and it sounds great. You know, turned up to eleven. You know, and it's yeah. a fun. It's just yeah, man. It's great, man. Like I'm the beast. Like that's a it's everything it's there's so many good you're like i'm gonna call you like you're the king of modern harmonies like yes we have the legends that they do the dual guitar harmonies but man you do some you just like you just remind me like whatever it's like oh you're like the death metal queen to me it's like oh yeah like you're very brian may like a lot of your solos to me yeah invoke brian may like in a good way and it's like oh man it's like i would never think to put like such a heavy riff with such uh, melodically pretty. It's, it's just wow. It's just not like a, it's not even like a Swedish melodicness. It's just its whole own. Oh wow, that's just badass. Yeah, uh, Brian May is, an, is a huge influence, and that is that is deliberate. You know all that Brian May stuff. You know from from you know you hear, it, and the the trick is you know, uh, yeah, you, to try to make sure that the heavy stuff is heavy, heavy, and the light stuff is light. So when you take this whole record and put it together, the heavy stuff is a little bit heavier. And the light kind of mystical, you know, epic big stuff is, is very big, but it's also like fraught, you know, like, so SOS, for example, is like, that is a song where it, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on it, but 
but not really because what the message has to be is what the message is and the message is in the movie as well. But what I wanted it to sound like, I thought, okay, I've done go into the water. I've done these like black fire upon us, these kind of slower, big kind of medium tempoed, huge trudging things. And I wanted to do something that felt like it was fast and it's act, you're in act three of the movie, but it's also, I mean, it can go from fast to very slow. It can go to half speed to double time. And that just that chugging riff that just keeps on that just like let that just drive the whole song and uh and then and then the chorus to me that's the chorus that you're going to be hearing you know um whether or not you realize it you're hearing that throughout the entire movie so yeah yeah but also this is this is a crazy this is this is uh this is all pretty just this record is going to sound different no matter what whether or not i want it to because at the top of this whole you know, about a year ago, as I was even recording the rhythm guitars for this, my studio was robbed. Yeah, and, uh, I unfortunately so, remember so that. Like, yeah, and so you know, what are you going to do? Somebody just breaks in and steals your shit. So um, a lot of really great guitars, guitars that I've used on other records. None of those guitars would make it to this record, and so I had, I was left with a couple, like a cut, like my my signature Epiphone, my Ghost Horse Epiphone, which is like the main rhythm guitar. And I have a whammy bar on that too. So you're gonna hear like Squiss Car now has a whammy bar, which is just a, a different tonality that you haven't heard before. And the, and the way that I record, again, my, my house was under construction, so I couldn't be playing with a loud amp and drawing more attention here. So I used the quad cortex, uh, which is a, 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 a box and it helps me to like uh, get a lot of heavier sound. So I was just trying to, I was just going for like seriously heavy stuff. And I thought this is my last shot. How heavy can I make it? Because I've done plenty of really big melodic stuff. And I think the score albums and all the melodic and cool and big expansive stuff is part of the package. So I don't think of Death Album 4 as being by itself. I think that you listen to in relation to the score album and, and it lives in relation to the movie too. So I don't think they really, each one of them gives something that the other one doesn't. I get that. And uh, I got, I was, I was tempted to bring that up, but you Prince, you brought up the 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 rob the the break in. Yeah. Has anything yeah. been has anything been re- found or returned? No, no. Uh, I, I I went I went to like all the you know kind of major vendors in town and said keep an eye open and and those guitars were so uh, distinctive. Yes. That um, if they were to show up in the marketplace, I'm sure I'd hear about them, but they didn't show up and. Uh, and, you know, while that was happening, I mean, here's what happened. It was like on a Thursday, I, Thursday morning, I guess I got robbed. And on Friday, I had a death clock show to do in Philadelphia. So I had to take whatever I had left and go and do a fly out and do a death clock show. In the mean, while I'm in the middle of making a record and a movie and a score at the same time. So my bandwidth to become a guitar detective was very limited. And so, so I, I mean, if I had nothing else going on, maybe I could find a way to like track something down but at the time i was i had this job and that was the most important thing and so what you realize is you know they can steal your guitars but they can't steal your fingers or your creativity so you got to keep moving no matter what show must go on yeah i remember when you posted it on instagram it's like we we definitely if you look at our page we definitely reposted it and like brought it up there because i was like oh wow like within the first 10 15 minutes i happened to be online i saw and i was like nope i gotta 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 shout this out because i hate when that happens to any musician i hate that what happens to anybody period because yeah 
Because like yeah. you want to count everybody's money again. Not, some people have insurance, some people don't. Just some people just can't afford it. And like, hey, this is my. You're in a fortunate enough position where you could get some stuff replaced, you know. But other people like they lose a guitar, a guitar gets stolen. You know, it's like how many GoFundMe's have you seen for bands because their vans got know, broken into on the road? I know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we get ready to wind this down because I just realized we've been on here for a minute, and I appreciate your time, man. I it totally absolutely, absolutely. If this is the last Death Clock record, I guess you know, like, uh, hopefully that this means like, oh, yeah, you'll be some more tours, and you know, you'll this tour coming up is very exciting, you know, with Baby yeah. Metal. Baby, that's a that's yeah. that's gonna be a pretty, ex- that's gonna be awesome, man. <clears throat> I'm here in New York, so I'm waiting for you to get to the Hammerstein, and you know, yeah. I'll be there. Like I'm excited to see awesome. it. Cause last time I saw you was at when you guys played Roseland with uh with um, Black Dahlia Murder and 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 uh, oh, yeah, yeah. all the remains back in the day and Machine Head. Yeah, that's like the last big Death Clock tour. So you know I don't tour all the time, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So the question is, yeah, is there going to be more Death Clock in the future? Um, the answer is I I'm not sure. You know, it's every time I do a record and every time I do a project, I always think that's the last record I'm ever going to make because it's so hard to make them and. Uh, and it's just like, you know, there's a, you just want enough time to be able to get everything sorted out and working, you know, be able to hear everything, be able to fix everything, be able to do everything you want to do, be able to like take the time with each song to make it its own thing. So every time I make a record, I think that's the last one I'm ever going to make. This is crazy. Who would do this for a living? It's insane. <laughs> but uh, I think Death Clock is going to probably be Death Clock no matter what happens. You know, I, I've concluded the series. I've um, I put out this this kind of you know crazy more kind of subterranean final record and um, but I really do like playing my guitar I like I like interacting with an audience I love like where my place is kind of in the shadows but still you know not in the spotlight but you know being just a a player just like a a hardworking player on stage with uh, with great people like you know like who's going to join us on stage which will be Ryan Beller and and Neely Brosh will be on this tour, and nice. Gene Hoagland. And so, I think it's just really cool. And Baby Metal. I think what we're going to do is, I think everyone's just going to have a smile plastered on their face at the end of our shows, and that's that's what I'm hoping for is to uh, to break out of break out of <laughs> to like again to to defrost Death Clock and parade them around and and put out this you know this really fun live show and play with baby metal who I think are just so entertaining as well. So it's going to be like this wonderful professional heavy metal Las Vegas kind of a show. That's going to be just crazy for all the people involved and you know, how heavy can you get and how much fun can you get and how, you know, it's just, it really is the live, sh- the live experience is about fun because we get to add comedy and visuals and music all together. Nice. Nice. I'd be okay with, like, you know, oh, two years from now, I'll just put out a little Planet Piss EP. I'd be okay with that. Just for curiosity, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what would a full I EP know. of Murder Face sound like? That That's that's that gets me. I know, you know, it, it really is funny because, I mean, well, he can't ever finish it. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the tricky part. It has to be unfinished forever. I, I know that feeling. Um, <laughs> I know that feeling way no, too I well. <laughs> I know, I think that's part of creativity. I mean, there's a moment in the movie where we talk about that, and I think that's kind of like, that's kind of like what this is—an unfinished project. So uh, that that did finally was finally lucky enough to be finished. So, um, yeah, um, you know, there is like there is a world where if I had all the time and resources, and people say, "Oh, what about I want to hear Snakes and Barrels with the uh, you know 
Dr. Roxo album with, uh, you know, all the odds and ends and Toki's little crazy songs that he sings and all that stuff. And I always think I can barely get a death clock record out. <clears throat> it's just like, it's a lot of work. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I would ever do it, uh, you know, elongate the songs and put it through the same exact kind of, uh, you know, treachery of building clips into full realized songs, you know, that's why you have Galacticon. Well, Galacticon was like, Galacticon was, you know how Galacticon started was I was writing all this music and I was just like, this is like, this isn't death clock. This doesn't sound like death clock. I do have like these harmonies and these cool ideas that I did because death clock and, and death metal is like, you know, it's not, I do. I am. I am really excited about melody. I'm excited about aggression. I'm excited about all that stuff. And death clock is like, I don't get to put melody in the vocal. So the melodies have to be in the guitars, but I also can just get brutal sometimes just get like really dark and evil with the music. And that, that to me is, is also fun because for every dark and evil song, you you know, I've heard like two of those, you get like one big epic song that's like really grandiose and over the top, you know, like from like Song of Salvation to like Mermaid or two. I even think Horse of Fire and Bloodbath, those are all kind of big epic melodic songs. And then they're kind of balances against, because some of it can get too happy and some of it can get too brutal. So you just have to find that balance. Yeah. Just real quick, Galacticon. I love that first record so much. It's like a record that gets played on repeat all the time. That's like a, I don't call you a background music, but man, that's just a record that just, that's one of my favorite things you've done. Just straight up. It's oh, like, thanks, man. From like, oh, it's just music. Yeah. I, I like your clean voice. And it's like, if you want to go tour yeah. on that stuff too later on, more. I, was like, I know yeah. you guys did a few shows in LA, but man, I'm okay with more. Yeah, we did like one, yeah. I, I'm okay with more of that. That's interesting, yeah. That's funny, you know, it's it's rare to like go, all right, I'm just going to, like what I had was, oh, I remember, so Galacticon was all these songs that were just kind of like, I don't think these are Death Clock songs, but I think they're cool, you know? And I like, I like this because it reminds me of some kind of elevated, you know, Queen meets the Foo Fighters meets Weezer meets like Soundgarden and, and I get to use different parts of my voice. And I've never tried to sing like that before. And so I was like, oh, this is it. Okay, this is what I sound like. Here you go. And um, and then on top of that, so what happened was we were making Death Album 2 and there was like a problem with the financing or something. So I, but I, but I already like reserved a studio and reserved Gene and reserved Ulrich and I wasn't going to turn them away. So I said, okay, I'm going to spend my own money. I'm going to make this. Let's just, Gene, let's, let's sort this out and let's make this record. So I had all these demos and we worked it all out. And then I, and I figured I spent all this money, so I better finish this thing, see if I can make any of it back. And um, and then I put out the record, and then I thought, oh, you know, this is like this is a story. This is interesting. I like this world. I like this kind of you know, this high stakes, you know, you know, extreme metal kind of, but still kind of definitely Brian May and Queen inside of there. And uh, it's really fun, and it's and all that stuff is definitely hard to articulate, but I but I pushed through and, and finished the record and just put it out and with like no real touring, but I'm proud of that record too. I think it's a really, I think it's a really fun one. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate that. Dude, no, I appreciate you for putting two of those records out so far. Maybe, maybe one day we'll get a third, but for now, um, you have enough music that'll keep people happy for a good while. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I finish this whole thing, um, it will be, uh, I think when you include the soundtrack album, the score album, that will be eight records altogether. So there'll be four Death Clock records, two Galacticons, a Doomstar, 
and a soundtrack. So that's eight. I don't know how many more I need to make, but maybe I will. Maybe I will. Who knows? Every time I finish it, I always think, I am not doing that again. <laughs> Until that bug starts biting you, you want to create more. I know, I know. But dude, man, like, Brendan, I appreciate your time so much, man. Thank you for this extended interview. Anyway, okay. man, enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you again for your time, man. Okay, man. Thank you very much.